Father, we just lift you up. We just magnify you, glorify you here this morning, Father God. We submit everything unto you this morning, Father. Holy Spirit, come and do your thing, everything that you want this morning. Touch your people, Father God, in a way they've never been touched. Don't let anybody leave here the same. We just thank you for it. Give you all the glory and praise for it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. If you can, turn around tell somebody hello, good morning. How amazing they are. Thank you, worship team. Good morning. They're amazing. Oh, yeah. scared to drink any water. Thank you, guys. Can we give uh, the worship team a hand? I didn't ask my wife, so those of you who don't know, um, I'm the lucky one that gets to be married to the worship leader. Um, I found favor from the Lord, and I didn't ask her, but I'm going to share a little bit. Like they, um, they went down yesterday. I didn't get to be a part because I was trying to put notes together and stuff. But they went down uh, yesterday down to Littleton. Uh, it's actually to our to my in-laws' place, just a place to get away. And to uh, do like creative creative writing, and they like just starting to cultivate and and uh, seek God on like a fresh creativity for writing songs. And they like they've wrote Kirsty's wrote songs. The worship team is, together has has uh, wrote songs. There's a few ladies in the church that also have that's not on the worship team that have wrote songs here, but. They, as a team, started like a good portion of another song yesterday. So, they, I love it. Um, I love being a part of the worship team. For those of you who don't know, I get to be a part of it too. Uh, my wife allows me to be. <laughs> but, no, my wife is awesome. I, I just honor her and thank her for everything. Uh, she's, she sometimes is my Holy Spirit when I'm not hearing the Holy Spirit. Like just the other morning, like she's like, what are you looking at? Because Pastor Darren, if you he was here last week, talked about first thing you want to do when you roll over in bed is uh, grab your phone and uh, start flipping through Facebook, right? Well, guess what C-Dub did? He was flipping through Facebook. And Holy Spirit, I mean, my wife uh, says, <laughs> what are you flipping through, you know? So she keeps me in line. Um, I love her. Love her to death. She's amazing. So thank you, Kirsty, for all you do. I also want to thank Pastor Lynette, and if Pastor Darren's watching, Pastor Darren's out in uh, California right now, um, thank you guys for, for trusting me and, uh, and allowing me to, to be here. Uh, they, they don't take the pulpit lightly when it's ministering to their flock, and so it's an honor to be here. It's an honor to be able to speak, and so thank you guys for, for being here and trusting me. So... Um, if you guys can turn to Acts 1, we'll start in verse 4. But a little a little backstory with me, like if you don't know me, if you do know me, you're going to be like, oh yeah, we already know this about you. But um, if, if you don't, like 
Like I'm very passionate about like the Holy Spirit and, and the things of the Holy Spirit and moving in the Spirit, flowing in the Spirit and, and just everything about the Holy Spirit. I mean, I, I remember like I was in a bad way when I first come to church here and I remember even studying stuff out. My dad had passed away. Uh, what was that? Like four, four and a half years before I started coming to church here. Um, maybe, maybe close to five years. That was about four and a half. And, um, and like, I felt like we had followed some scripture. Like I, I wasn't even like fully following God at the time, but like there was scripture during that time that like, like I was thought we followed it. And I was like, man, dad's going to be healed, you know? And, um, and I didn't. And so when I finally did come to the Lord, um, wholeheartedly, it was, like I started seeking God on healing and, and all this stuff. And it everything kept wrapping back around to the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. I dive off into deliverance. Holy Spirit. I dive off into healing. Holy Spirit. I dive off into prophetic. Holy Spirit. Like it's it's like it's like everything like we have right now that's that's I want to say tangible because it can be very tangible, right? And um so I'm very passionate about that. The other thing that uh if you've been going to church here for a while, if, um, if you haven't, I'm fixing to fill you in. But um, if you have been going to church here for a while, you know that Pastor Darren's been talking. He's seen a wave, a wave coming, and and we start we start wanting that revival. We, we start wanting that that wave of stuff uh, of everything that God has, right? Like the stuff that happened out in Kentucky. Like, man, why can't that happen right here? Like in pastor, our pastor, our head, our apostolic head is seeing a wave coming in. And what's that going to look like? I get eager. I get, I'm like a horse chomping at the bit, boy, just like wanting it. I'm like, come on, God, come on, come on. And, and so we are in this time of waiting, right? Like pastor seen this wave coming. We're in this time of waiting. Well, here in Acts, there was a time of waiting from the death of Jesus Till, till this time that we're gonna, that we're talking about, which is Pentecost, there's a time of waiting, right? So let's go ahead and start here in, uh, in Acts 4. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have, you have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? And he said to them, It is not for you to know the times or seasons which the Father has has put in his own authority, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to men in Jerusalem, and all in all Judea, Judea and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. So I'm an inspector, right? Weld inspector, equipment inspector, and and when we're going through code, right? How how's uh, a welder over here? Shall is a must, right? And so when he says you shall receive the Holy, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. It's like a thing that's like, it's gonna happen, right? Like you, sh- it's not a should, it's a shall. Because, because like in inspection world, shalls or musts, shoulds or recommendations in may is an option, 
right? Well, this is a shall. So he's saying you shall receive power and that you shall be witnesses to me. So really it's not a, it's not a question of do, do I want a witness? Right? It's not a thing of like, ah, I'm not feeling it. Like, I don't, I don't know, I don't know enough, right? Because it's a shall, you, you shall receive power. So there's your capability. If, if you, if you feel inadequate, like the power is what's going to overtake that, right? And then you shall be a witness, right? So it's like, what are, what are we doing? Like my concern is, is that when the wave comes that we're expecting, that we're not doing what we're supposed to be doing. That we're not doing our shalls. Let's turn to Matthew 28. Starting here in verse 18. It says, And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all... Uh, observe. Did you just hear that? Observe. I'm making that words. Observe all things that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Once again, what are, what are we doing? Are we doing what we're intended to be doing? Are we doing what we shall be doing? Mark 16. You can flip there if you want. It's going to be on the screen. I'm going to go ahead for the sake of time. And he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues and they will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Are we doing our shouts? Because we're waiting for this huge wave of a revival. But what does revival really look like if this is our shouts? If we're doing our shells, would the revival that we're expecting be looking different because our shells is already healing the sick, laying hands on them and healing the sick, casting out demons and all this stuff. And then here's a huge move of God. What are we expecting? You see, I found myself in such a way of, of desiring these things, desiring all this stuff so much that God has almost turned my heart because I'm, I'm afraid that like... Like we won't be ready. Or, or that there's gonna be something that quenches the spirit. I remember I read a book and, and, uh, I can't even, I wouldn't even plan on talking about this, so Mahesh Chavda, uh, I think is his name. But, uh, he's talking about when they, uh, they had a small revival break out in their, in their church and, and the presence of God was so thick that they would, they'd, they'd get to the door and they'd have to crawl in. I said, come on, crawl in. 
Like, because the presence is so heavy, the glory of God is so thick, so heavy, that they had to crawl into church. And it lasted for about a week, week and a half. I think it was like 10 days. And then all of a sudden the presence was gone and he, and he asked, he says, he says, God, like, why, why didn't with this last like 10 years, like Toronto or, or some of those other ones? And he said, because it wasn't stewarded. And so with that, like, I've found that there's things that could hold us back. And I found that there's things that once they start, it'll start quenching the spirit. And so that's what I wanted to talk about this morning. Because we have this expectation, but we need to make sure that everything... It's not that God is waiting like it has to all that happen at this way. But like for us, I hope that our desire is, is that when that wave comes, it stays for a long time. That that wave comes and we're not, we're like, oh God, like no more. Like the Israelites, Pastor Darren talked about it when, when God come down off the, off the mountain and they're, uh, saying, oh, talk to Moses, don't talk to us. I pray that it's not that case with us when the wave hits. That we're ready. And just for being selfish, I don't want it to only last 10 days. So one of the one of the big things that I know that God has dealt with me on that I have to keep a thumb on though that's what I've learned is is uh is the orphan spirit. See an orphan spirit is is a spirit of of somebody that don't know where they belong or don't know who they belong to. And in the orphan spirit is passed on it started with Adam and Eve, right? They orphaned themselves. They made themselves fatherless, right? And I ministered on this a couple years ago. It was right when COVID hit. It actually is right when um, I remember this because it was our first service online that we had to do online. I ministered. It was two nights. So there's no way that I could minister everything about orphan spirit this morning. But like it it's huge like for me like i i did the same thing like even in in with my earthly father that i orphaned myself away from him because like he i was i was a bull rider i was always wanting to run wild blah 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 and he like he wanted he's he's like a family man and he wanted his family to grow up and be a family and you know blah 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 so that when when my little brother was born and I heard, I was outside the room and I heard that it was a son. I was like, it was like a relief to me because I was like, dad got, got another chance because I wasn't going to be able to be that son to him. So that carried on in my life. Like my, I was a wild child and my older sister always called me the black sheep of the family. So that even stuck it more, right? So then when I come into church, I had this orphan spirit to me and I was clinging on to everything. I didn't know God like I didn't know know him as a as a father. Yeah, I called him father, right? But I didn't know him as a father. I didn't know myself as a son. And it's so huge for us to to understand our identity of who we are if we're gonna if we're gonna start managing and, and walking through this wave that's gonna be coming. Because if we don't, we're gonna run like orphan spirits, because the orphan spirit will will start 
being greedy and, and because they, they don't have enough. I remember uh, Bill Johnson talked about when they had uh, some foster kids, orphan kids, right? Foster kids at their house. And like the first time they sat down to eat, man, they, those kids were just grabbing. Why? Because they was afraid of the next time that they, that they were hungry, that they wasn't going to have something, right? So the orphan spirit will do the same thing with us in the spirit realm. This, the orphan spirit will do the same thing to us in the, in the church. There'll be jealousies. There'll be fear of rejection. We always are feeling rejection. So, so we're always like that lone wolf sticking out there, sticking our arm out there. As soon as somebody starts saying something, we're like, eh, I, like, I, I don't belong to you anyways. Like, I don't need you. See, in Romans, let's go ahead and flip to Romans, sorry. Romans 8. See, and I'm a believer that the orphan spirit is, is every single person that deals with it in some way, shape, or form. You might have had a good... Uh, my dad was amazing. So when I say what I, when I said what I said about him, he was amazing. Like, but I orphaned myself. I was very similar to Adam and Eve. Like, how their father was amazing. You know, they're, and they orphaned. Like, they chose to go a different route and blah, blah, blah. And, um, it's just having God put the finger on where the orphan spirit's hiding. Romans 8. 12, therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. But, but if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live for as many as are led by the spirit of God. These are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear but to receive the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Here's something interesting. To my knowledge, the orphan spirit is the only spirit that we can't cast out. Like if somebody has it, it's not that I, that we can, because as those scriptures I read at the beginning, right? Like they will cast out demons. They will, you lay hands on the sick, right? The orphan spirit is only pushed out from the voice of the, of the father. We have to position ourselves into a place that we hear the spirit and the spirit confirms you are a son. You are a daughter of the most high king. You say, well, how do you do that? You listen. You learn. I'm telling you right now, it, it, it'll, it'll work. And if there, like, there's problems like with that, like I'm getting off, I'm getting ahead of myself, but like we have, I can help. We have people that'll pray with you and help you hear the voice of God. Just that, just, I'm gonna, I'm gonna move on. See, the second thing that, that God has showed me, and, and this is something that, you know, God dealt with me on the orphan spirit, orphan spirit a, a couple years ago. Um, 
probably would have been in 2019 that I finally got set free of that sucker. And um, this is something that the second thing that God has been showing me, and I thought I had it figured out. And the more I learn, the more I figure out that I don't know, right? And But the second thing is distorted perspectives. And when God started taking me down this trail a couple months ago, like I'm like, holy cow, like how are my ways distorted of you? See, the first thing is like we need to hear that we are a son of the father, right? We hear about the prodigal prodigal son. That's the whole headline. But what about the father? Because us knowing that we're a son, well, that's good and everything. There's some of us in here that know that we're sons and daughters of an earthly father that wasn't wasn't good to us. So what is the perspective of the father? See, in our culture, we've had a huge influence of of the Roman and Greek world, the Roman and Greek empires, when they were world... Like, it's crazy of how long, like, those perspectives, those roots have carried on in our culture today. <clears throat> the Greek, for example, is, is their main thread, their main vein, that when I was reading about this, is that everything happens for a reason. It's all fate, and really, ultimately, ultimately we don't have a say in it. It is all predestined. How many, how many of us, like, I know I'm normally wouldn't do this, but I don't think that there's going to be anybody embarrassed because I'm going to raise my hand with you, but I bet you everybody's going to do it. How many of us have said everything happens for a reason? Yeah. But the perspective is, is that we got a choice, right? Like, so there's a whole nother perspective to it that Everything happens for a reason, yeah, because we got a choice. And every choice has a consequence. Whether it's a good consequence or a bad consequence, like, there's a choice. We got a choice, so it's not predestined. I grew up with a uh, family that, that they're, that they went to the church. I don't even remember if I went to the church or not, but, um, like I was with this family a bunch. And the whole church, their main belief system is that you are predestined. If you're not predestined, you're going to hell. That if you ain't one of the ones that he predestined and chose, like you're going to hell. Don't matter what you say or do. And I've I've struggled with that one. We've had many conversations um, with it and everything. Um, but that hurts my heart because it's like, and they, you know, they have scriptures that, that that's twisted. Right? A perspective that's been put on it. A distorted perspective that's put on a scripture. And they build a church off of it. See, the Roman ways, the Roman Empire, the Roman world power at the time is really huge in our culture, in our Western culture here in the U.S., because the Roman Catholic Church come out of it. See, in that time, like if you study it out, like when Constantine was the emperor of Rome, like 
he was pagan and then he converted to Christianity and, and he went on and, um, and he said, I'm gonna, everybody's gonna be Christians. So he said, sent out a thousand missionaries out into the world to convert all the pagans to Christianity and they come back and they said, good luck. Cause it ain't happening. So he said, well, Christianity is going to be the world religion. We're going to worship all on all the same days and blah, 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 blah. And they kind of started combining stuff. There's, there's things. I'm not beating up on Catholic Church, but it's from that time that even symbols in the church, there are other churches too, because they've carried some of those symbols on too. I'll say that much. So I don't want to be just isolating one out. The reason why is he said the uh, Roman Catholic Church is going to be the world church. So that's why. So I don't want to sound like I'm beating up on just one church or one one religion, but that is the reason why is because that was where that was it. And if you was outside of that, you got killed. That's where the feasts started the feasts of the Lord that are in Leviticus and like Passover and all that stuff. If you celebrated those, you got killed. So there's this perspective that even comes. I remember as a kid that uh, we went to school with some Jewish people and like they did stuff different. And then we, I looked at them funny because it's that perspective from all those years ago is still there. See, even in the Roman and Greek mythology, they're gods. They're fake gods. We've learned about those in school. And we start we start taking little characteristics of, you know, I don't even remember them, to be honest with you, but like, and that's what's scary to me, that God has shown me this stuff, and it's like, maybe I need to, like, reverse that stuff in me because maybe I got a perspective of God of how Zeus was. And that's not our God. That's not Yahweh. See, even with the art, the art that's around us, we have, it creates this picture for us. And, and in my head, when I was putting this together, I seen a picture. I think it is Zeus or one of the gods, one of the mythology gods. You guys probably seen it because I think it's a pretty famous picture of him sitting up on this throne and with clouds coming up on her. He's bald with a beard. How many of you guys seen that picture? You know what I'm talking about? Is that the picture that we see Yahweh as? Because art starts bringing about a perspective Not gonna, I, I'm serious. Promise you I'm not being up on the Catholic Church, but there's just a lot to come out of it. I went, I was raised Catholic, so I seen the pictures, like Jesus having this circle around his head. And then the saints having a picture around their head, and they walk around with this picture in their, around their head. Everywhere they went in these pictures, they're standing, and they got this circle around their head. And I'm like, man, how do you get that thing? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, and then every angel, it's like a lot of them are like just like little baby angels or whatever with wings. Is that the perspective that we have of even the angels? Right? I'm telling you right now, like I heard a story one time and this guy like got mad and and uh, he went, he stood up to correct the pastor and he started coming forward and 
and uh, he's approaching. It wasn't here, but he was approaching, and he lifts his head up because he starts going up the stairs, and he says, do you see what's behind you? And that pastor goes, I know what's behind me. Because God revealed the pastor's guardian angel, and he wasn't just a little baby with wings. He's a big boy. The story holds that with that pastor that God has revealed his, his angel a couple times and that he looks like Mr. Clean. He's bald and ripped. He's stacked. Yes. And he didn't have these big wings like floating around his head. He didn't have the little slight, right? So what art has, has distorted our perspective of what the Word of God actually says? Religion. Religion has been a thing that, obviously, as I talked, that comes out. So how different religions were started is somebody would get something, and they were Roman Catholic. They went to the Roman Catholic Church, right? Because that was Roman, like that was the world church. So sometimes they got filled with the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit was quenched. They were filled with the Holy Spirit, started a new church. Whether it be Lutheran, Methodist, and all this stuff, a lot of these churches started that way, so they broke out of that, but they still carried some of the some of the same stuff. So what what religion was you raised in? Where did you sit when you was a kid learning about God and all this stuff that distorted the view? Or you wasn't raised with church, but what was you told about the religion or religious people, and that's why you stayed away from them? Because I can tell you right now, if you're trying to find a church, and you don't want to be at a church where you can't call somebody a hypocrite, you're at the wrong church. Because we all mess up. Like, I ain't saying like, oh, we're, you know, we run about it and we don't care for hypocrites. But I am saying that, hey, like, I'm not fully saved. I am saved, but I'm not fully, I am fully saved, but I'm not fully like my salvation. Like Josh is over here laughing. I'm like, yeah, he knows some of my faults. But what I'm saying is, is like, yeah, all of us got faults. And so like if, if that's what you're told that, that like, oh, they're just a bunch of hypocrites, man, like you ain't going to find that perfect church. A couple of weeks ago, I got to do the uh, the tithe message, and I, I mentioned, I remember saying that like one of the reasons why I like this church so much when I come here was how they did the tithes because they didn't pass a hat, they didn't pass pass a bucket or whatever. Where did that come from? It come from when I was a kid that I heard my grandpa went to a church. They got done with worship. And he went to sit down, like everybody went to sit down, and the pastor said, whoa, don't sit down too fast. You can't get to your wallets quick enough. We got we got ties to, to gather. And that was the last time he went to that church. As a kid, I'm like, ooh, nope. That's going to be one thing. One thing that I look for in a church that I go to, that they're not that way. I don't even know what church that is. 
And I got this distorted view of all people, of all pastors. And what if that pastor was good? And he just said something in the wrong way. He said something in a joking way that that upset a lot of people. And it wasn't even intended that way. What if his heart truly was good about tithes and offerings and this little boy CW grabs a hold of borrowed offense from his grandpa and runs with it? What's your distorted views? Movies, shows, entertainment. They will paint the picture. I don't even remember who it was. And they might even be in here. I can't even remember who was just telling me this. But there's somebody, that movie, The Chosen, right? How many is watching The Chosen? Come on, everybody. Don't. I'm not going to throw you under the bus. Like me and Kirsty want to. Like we just haven't had time. Um, heard it's really good. Heard it, you know. It's cool to watch like a di- like a different side of stuff but i heard somebody that don't want to watch it because he wants god to paint the picture when he's reading scripture and i'm like oh that's valid yeah. not saying that that is bad right to watch the chosen but just remember that as we're watching these shows like it is it giving you a distorted perspective of who jesus was or is it accurate because I remember the Ten Commandments movie and God's booming voice speaking down from the mount. You know, that you can't like talk to Him. I remember when I first started coming to church here, Pastor Lynette might be able to tell what show it was, but Pastor Darren talked about a movie and it, it made Jesus like a happy person. Right? Because how many people have been reading the Bible, reading the Gospels about Jesus, and it's like not even about like him going and having fun. But like in this show, like he's like kicking the disciples' butts, like, you know, playing with them, like, you know, having fun. Because when I was originally reading Scripture, that's not how I seen Jesus. I seen him as an all-authoritative power that spoke very sternly. That's how I read scripture. The life experiences, whether they're bad or good, oftentimes we have good things happen. So it's almost like God, you know, like blessed us. And and we look back and we're like, oh, we was doing this. And and so God blessed us. Now, I'm not saying that walking in the path of God isn't going to isn't going to have blessings. Okay, I'm not saying that at all. But what I am saying is, is that. We're not dogs and he's not throwing us a bone for doing something good. So it's not a thing of us trying to do good to get something this way. But see, then when something bad happens, it's like, oh, what I do wrong? What did I do wrong? Because then it turns into this thing of that God is this punisher. And that sickness happens. He starts slapping sickness on us because we're trying to teach us a lesson. So distorted. If that was the case, if God really did that, think about this. And Jesus come down to do the will of the Father. Why was he healing them? Like why would they, why would they not 
Why would Jesus not have said, hey, you, you got to understand you did this wrong. Until you learn this lesson, you won't be healed. See you later. Did he ever say that? He even says, he says, those of you who've seen me have seen the Father. See, this distorted view of, I hear it even, even in church, heard it in this church. People say, the God of the Old Testament or God of the New Testament? Because they're asking because it's like one, it's a different God, right? The God of the Old Testament because He's the one that struck people dead. He's the one that, Sodom and Gomorrah. He's the one brought about the flood. He, you know what I mean? But then we got the God of the New Testament. He's a God of love. See, this is what I told somebody one time because this guy was having troubles. He's like, I can't see a God that would allow this stuff. And I'm like, my thing is, is if it says that Jesus was a perfect example of who, who the Father was, there must be something I'm missing. Due to my lack of understanding of some of the Old Testament stuff doesn't make our God not a good God. It doesn't make a, our God a different God. He said He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. So if the same yesterday, today, and forever is the same as what Jesus was, then He wasn't the one that was slapping everybody with sickness and, and disease. See, then we get this perspective that... Um, that God is, our God is like a far away God. Like he's so far away from us. Like we can't have access to him. I love our little girl. Like, for those of you who don't know, we, me and Kirstie's lost a couple babies and, and, and little Taitlin, I believe it was after, uh, after the one we lost in 2021, she's packing the bag. Where are you going, Taitlin? I want to go see my little brothers, my little sister. Her perspective of heaven was not that it was some far, far away place where God sits up on a throne and Jesus sits at the right hand. But it was just a hop, skip, and a jump away and I'm packing my bag and I'm going. I'm going to go visit. See, we have to renew our minds. Let's turn to Romans 12. And this is where, where I feel like God was really teaching me a lot, like, with this is like, even when I thought I had it figured out, He's like, there's stuff that you have distorted about me still. And it's all these ways that's been concreted into me from, from a child of, of religion, of going to a church of religion, to school of the mythology, to to my life experiences, to everything has been concreted in me. I'm 43 years old. And he's saying, you still have this distorted perspective of me. Let's read here in Romans 12, starting at 1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. 
How can we, how can we be proving? Because once again, verse one is talking to us about us becoming a living sacrifice of going and doing that we shall be doing something, right? But then verse two, it starts telling us that we need to be, be conformed by the renewing of our mind from the spirit to prove that Good and acceptable and perfect will of God. How can we prove what is that perfect will of God if we have this distorted view? All we will be doing is passing on our distorted views and concreting them even more into others. See, we have to come to a place of that we know our, know our identity as, as sons and daughters, right? But also that we know the Father through relationship. Through, through the Holy Spirit, through the communion of the Holy Spirit, that He starts renewing our minds. That we start reading. See, here's the thing. Here's the, here's the big key here. Ready? Big, heavy, ready. Those churches, religion churches, are still reading the same scripture that we are. Where's the difference? We need to make sure... That the Holy Spirit is giving us our perspectives. is guiding us and we start seeing the heart of the Father. How many times do we just jump to what we think is being said from somebody and we don't look at what the heart, their heart is? Life would be so much easier if we'd say, uh, I know my wife's heart. Yeah, she was upset when she said that, but like that is not what she was meaning because I know her heart. What about that way with God? What is your heart, Father, when you're saying this? I don't understand this. I don't understand the Old Testament. What is your heart? Start teaching me, O Lord. Holy Spirit, speak to me. See, and the third thing that I found that happens with us, let's turn to John 21. See, we'll get all this stuff going, right? This is where I've found myself over the last year or so as well. I got rid of that orphan spirit, thought I had a new perspective of a lot of things. I've even talked about it when I've talked before about how the Holy Spirit or how how my thoughts and perspective of Jesus, like he's the most, like I read scripture differently now because he is the most loving man that's ever walked the face of the planet, right? So like when... I, I can't even remember the guy, Samaritan, uh, come up to Jesus, was like, what, Lord, Lord, what do we got to do uh, to get to heaven? He's like, you know, you got to do this, this, and this. And he's like, oh, I've done all that. And he says, well, go sell all your stuff. And he left upset. And Jesus didn't go chasing after him. Why? See, I used to read that in the aspect of, oh, he's just so stern. And that's how I used to be, is like, I'd just be like, hey, Jesus said it. You go talk to him about it. Well, Jesus the same way. Like, he didn't care if you left him or not, right? But we're, we have to understand that it's the most loving person. Loving because he come like a man, right? I know, he, like, I don't want pastors to get a bunch of emails of me calling Jesus man. Like, he come as, as a man. He's God, right? 
but he was the most loving. So how is it that he said it, right? So I thought I had it all figured out there. And then stuff starts happening. Let's go here to John. After these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias. Tiberias. And in this way, he, he showed himself. Simon Peter, Thomas called the twin, Nathaniel of, of Canaan in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two others of his disciples were together. Simon Peter said to them, I'm going fishing. They said to him, we are going with you also. They went out and immediately got into their boat. And that night they caught nothing. But when the, mor- when the morning had now come, Jesus stood on the shore. Yet the disciples did not know what it was. Yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Then Jesus said to them, children, have you any food? They answered him, no. And he said to them, cast the net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. So they cast and now they went, man, I'm struggling now. And now they were not able to draw it in because of the multitude of fish. Therefore, that disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it is the Lord. The disciple that uh, Jesus loved, like that saying, is John, the, the author of John in the Gospels. Um, Now when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his outer garment, for he had removed it, and plunged into the sea. But the other disciples came in the little boat, for they were not far from the land, but about 200 cubits, dragging that net with fish. Then I'm going to skip down here to verse 14. This is now the third time Jesus showed himself to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. So God told me to go and read this about a month ago. And I'm like, third time that they, that they went and seen that Jesus had raised from the dead. One of the times, like it even says that he, that he come configured in a way that they didn't recognize him, but not this time. This is the third time that the disciples had come. Or that he had come and, and presented himself to the disciples. Why wouldn't you know? It says it wasn't even that far away from the land. I read this this chapter like over and over. I went to Matthew, Mark, Luke trying to find the same stuff. And I'm like, why wouldn't they know? This is what I believe God showed me. See, they were all fishermen. Not all of them, but they were fishermen. Like a good portion of them were fishermen before they started following Jesus. See, and they had followed him. They was on fire. They were casting out demons. They were laying hands on the sick. Like Peter even was so bold that he said he got rebuked from Jesus from it because he's like, nobody will lay hands on you. That ain't so. They were so bold. They were so passionate, right? But some big things happened. Their Lord died on the cross. And even after he presented himself two times before this, when they went back to their ways of their, the ways, the secular ways that they had been going before, 
They didn't even recognize who Jesus was. See, so many times we come in and we see Jesus move. We see things happen. We have, we feel his presence during worship and all this stuff. And, and, and we get all like imparted all this stuff. Monday morning, we go back to our secular ways. And it takes a miracle of him filling a net for us, for us to even recognize him. Come on. Can you hear me now? Like, we go back to our secular ways. We can heal people, like, through the Holy Spirit, healing people. Cast out demons. And we go to work. Monday morning, we forgot who he is. See, that relationship now has to stay Monday morning. That when we go to work, we leave in the secret place. We work in the secret place. That He is always there. It says, when you pray, go into the secret place because there is a Father. What? The Father is there in the secret place. That we live from that place. That we already seen the net being filled because the Father was already on site. We have complete communion with the Holy Spirit constantly. Every day we have to be, we have to be, uh, cultivating that, that field inside our hearts and just like letting the Holy Spirit. One thing that I started doing just recently again, I've done it before, but it was like, Lord, search, search my heart. Like purge me from any distorted views. Cause this is kicking my butt. Purge me from the things of, of, of going to work. See, see, I had to take these big exams and I was studying all the time. And, and so like my mind, when I go to work, I'm trying to do all this new stuff and all this stuff. Well, I forget about who he is. I'm telling on myself, guys, like I'm right there with you. I'm not trying to beat you with a stick. I'm saying, hey, this is what God's tr- uh, talking to me about. So if he's talking to me about, I hope I'm not the only one, right? Because I think if we would get this down, that we quit, that we know our sonship and we don't give up our identity for nothing. Adam and Eve gave up their identity. That we don't re-give that up. Give an authority to the enemy. That we stay in our, that we stay in our place, our position of, of a son and a daughter. That we are just, our views and our perspectives of who the Father is and how He's good. And that we don't get confused when things start happening not going our way. That it doesn't change scripture. And that we don't forget about who He is. I think that that is the time that it's going to start coming. That that is going to be the time that our hearts start hungering more and more and more for, for the lost and the revival starts coming into our, into our personal lives. That when the wave hits here at the church with our church people, that our church people is like, this is not what we is expecting. Why? Because we're doing our shalls already. Because we're walking in the fullness of what we are supposed to be already. And that it's a whole new. Don't get me wrong. When the wave hits, it's going to be, it's going to be great. I'm just saying, what if our perspective of the wave is different? I mean, there's angels that fly around in the Father in heaven that's like seeing new things all the time saying, holy, holy, holy. 
So I'm not saying that once we got all that figured out, we got, we got the Father figured out. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, what if the perspective of the wave that we're expecting, the revival that we normally would think that is a revival, ain't a revival to us anymore because it's, it's our natural life. What if heaven on earth starts becoming our norm? That when the wave hits, that's not the norm, but revival of what we know as revival is our norm. What if? Very rapidly. So I'm... So with this, I, I'm not going to have everybody bow their heads, okay? First thing is first, we have to know Jesus is Lord, right? We have to know, we have to accept Him as our Lord and Savior. And that He died on the cross for all of our sins. And here's a perspective, He was enough. If you're sitting there saying, I ain't, I ain't worthy, you don't know what I've done, He was enough, I promise you. He was enough that everything that was lost in the garden is fulfilled through Him. And if you've never accepted Him as your Lord and Savior, and you want to do that this morning, please raise your hand. Anybody? Okay. I want to take that everybody's saved then. So the second thing... Go ahead and... Uh, Rhett, can I get you? Sorry. Everybody can close their eyes on this one. And the reason why I did that is because, like, I don't want you to leave here raising your hand, want to accept Jesus, and then get into the world and not know how to, like, think that it was an embarrassing thing to do. Like, accepting Jesus, we would celebrate with you. And so, it's not an embarrassing thing. It's not a thing that needs to be hidden in the dark. So that's why I did it that way. But now with our eyes closed, I want you to ask God, do I got an orphan spirit? And if so, can you put your finger on it? And if you have, and if you have a distorted view and start putting your fingers on those distorted views. So just ask the Father just to start speaking to you. Was it a lot like me that through religion where we grew up, we had this, it was just around us. And that's what grew our our whole perspective of the Father. Have you never heard the Father say, I'm so proud of you, son. I'm so proud of you, daughter. You are a daughter of mine. And the third one, I'm going to call it backsliding. So if you were one like me that was forgetting about the things of the Lord when come Monday morning... And you want to recommit and say, God, please, Holy Spirit, do not let me forget. Bring bring about supernatural awareness, supernatural reminders all the time throughout my day. 
If that's you, please raise your hand. I see your hands, hands everywhere. So, Father, I just come to you in the name of Jesus, Father. Father, we just uh, give you all the glory and praise, Father. We thank you, Father, for everything that you do for us. Your, your mercies are new every morning. I thank you, Father, for the people that raise their hands that want to recommit, Father God, to you on a daily basis, on a minute-by-minute basis, Father. And Holy Spirit, I ask, Lord, that you just give us, give us that quick remembrance, always continually giving us scripture that we could be meditating on, the things of the Lord. And I pray, Father, that your Holy Spirit would start renewing our minds into the ways that you, that you are. That through relationship, that as we sit in our secret place, that we sit with you, that we start seeing you, that we can start being like Moses when he come down off the mount, that his face is glowing. And that when we are glowing, that we are glowing with the perspective of who you are, that we could be bringing about and breaking off strongholds of, of perspectives that have been concreted from, from years and years ago. Father, I ask, Lord, in the name of Jesus, that you would speak to the ones that have never heard your voice. And that you would confirm through your spirit, as your word says, that they are a son or a daughter of yours. And if that is you, that you've never heard the voice, please raise your hand. You that are raising your hands with the voice that you want to hear God's voice. Solidify your identity. I would love for you to come up here with me. I'm going to be with the prayer team and we want to pray with you. We want to ensure that you leave here knowing your true identity. So Father, we just thank you for everything, Father. Father, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for your love for us. We give you all the glory, all the praise. In your name we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, thank you guys. We appreciate you guys.